Hello everyone, and welcome to Food Navigator Asia's monthly podcast, the FNA Food and Beverage Trailblazers. This is a series where we speak to and get to know more about groundbreaking food and beverage startups in the Asia-Pacific region, as well as the people behind them and their stories. I am Pearlie, the editor of Food Navigator Asia, and as always, I am your host for this series. Joining me today are Avinash Aswani and Rohit Nanwani, co-founders of Singapore-based superfood drink mixes firm Level Life. Level Life was established just last year in June, but has managed to consistently grow internationally even during the COVID-19 outbreak with its range of powder mixes. Hello guys, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me today. And I'd like to start by talking a little bit about the firm itself. So maybe for those who aren't really familiar with the concept, what sorts of superfood drink mixes does Level Life specialize in? Could you give us a bit of an intro, perhaps? So perhaps, Rohit, we could start with you. We want to think about ways how we can add more nutrition to people's life. And superfoods was the answers that we came up with. Superfoods are basically foods that have been in our agricultural system for a very, very long time, which Mm -hmm. is not globally available. Um, It's normally more regionally available. Uh, but they're packed with nutrients that have been used for a very long time. So what we try to do at Level Life is try to take the superfoods and pack them in a way that's not only convenient, but seamless to add into your lifestyle. And that's how we came up with these three different blends, which I will explain to you more about now. Yeah, so we have a line of three different, what we call functional drink mixes. Um, our first one's Raw Focus. And this one's designed to give you energy and focus so you can be at your most productive at work. We have something called natural immunity, mm-hmm. which is designed to improve your body's defense system um, and keep your gut in good health as well so you don't fall sick. And the last one we have is a, is, is a plant-based protein, which is a, a vegan form of protein powder enhanced with superfoods as well. And this one's designed to um, repair your muscles and, and make sure that your body is functioning at its full capacity so that you can move about and and, and work well in your day. All right, very interesting. So, um, thank you, Rohit and As- uh, Avinash. I would just like to check on just one thing. I think when we last spoke, um, I, Avinash mentioned that you know you, you get you guys were growing in countries like Indonesia, like Australia and Thailand as main focus areas due to like rising health trends in these places. So maybe you could just also give us an update on like you know how things are going with that. So Avinash, last time we spoke. Um, it was due to the pandemic that you know mm-hmm. people took a more cautious approach to their to their health and wellness, and uh, I think globally we saw you know, three three four maybe five times as much spend on on health and in particular immune boosting products, and so we we experienced some of that surge. I think here in Singapore, since the, the circuit breaker came to an end, we saw quite a few people rush out to you know, to retail retail stores, malls, going out meeting friends, and so mm-hmm. there was. A slight drop in the time spent uh, online shopping online uh, on e-commerce, and we saw an uptick in, of course, uh, our retail channels, which took a bit of a snooze during the during the lockdown period. Are you saying your retail channels? You mean the the offline retail channels, correct? Offline retail, that's right. Yeah. Ah, all right. I mean, fortunately for us, we had planned to to create a, a direct-to-consumer e-commerce brand uh, right from the start. Mm-hmm. Coming from the family business, which is more focused on traditional retail, and of course in another region altogether, they're more focused on on the African continent. Um, we wanted to take a more modern approach and look at the way that uh, younger customers are are shopping these days. And, and you know, right from the start, we identified that 
online was going to be a, a lucrative channel and, and a resilient channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that continued to to sustain itself through the through the COVID pandemic and 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 of course yeah we saw a boost during that time and we're very glad that we we had chosen that approach from the beginning kind of proved almost that that was the right path to take for us. Um, now that you, you know you've mentioned that you know there's been a bit of a resurgence in your offline channels as well. Maybe I just want to check like is online still like still your main area of focus or would you think that you know you need to change anything to to, to cope or to adjust back to what you know people are calling the new normal or uh, with things coming back slightly more to offline? I believe, Rohit, you may want to take this. I think from the beginning, we always wanted to be a, a consumer-first company, right? Mm-hmm. In a sense is that we always want to be in direct communication with mm-hmm. our consumers, find out what the pain points are, learn about them, uh, share our brand stories, listen to them, get their reviews, get their feedback. I think the only way to do that is to have a direct consumer brand where you have a direct access to your consumer. So it was a conscious decision from beginning, pandemic or not, mm. to be a direct consumer brand so that we could tell our story, educate them, understand what the pain points are, uh, chat with them on Instagram, give them our numbers, call them. And it allowed us to sort of pick up on trends, right? We saw that vitamin C and immunity was one of the two largest searches large searches on google uh, mm-hmm. during this pandemic you know uh, which sort of allowed us and gave us the platform and the guts to push our products into other markets mm-hmm. uh, as we as we saw this resurgence right and a lot of it is uh, inbound you get people messaging us from jakarta mm-hmm. influencers messaging us from thailand from australia saying hey i've seen your product looks great um can we try it here so having the direct consumer establishment uh, has allowed us to to uh, to move at that pace and give us that sort of guts uh, and confidence from the consumer. Mm-hmm. So long term, no, I don't think we're going to change our. I think we completely believe in having a direct line to our consumers. You guys mentioned uh, previously Indonesia, Australia, Thailand, and I think you also mentioned Singapore earlier. So rising health trends in these places. In your opinion, like which would be the sort of major growing market for you? So we've explored uh, all these markets, and I think there's two things that we got to consider, right? If we look at a place like Australia, mm-hmm. we probably have to spend a lot less time educating the market, but a lot more time fighting with competitors uh, in a place like Australia. Whilst in Thailand and in Asia, mm-hmm. we could probably be the pioneers in, in, in mm-hmm. sharing things like ashwagandha and moringa, uh, which is not known yet, but they're jumping on the wellness bandwagon, right? So that's the sort of way that we look it and we are quite calculated in the way we approach all these different markets and we know in some places we got to spend more on educating mm-hmm. in some places maybe we do a bit more partnerships and things like that because education is already uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's already been done for us there's no particular place we're a bit more as a startup we're a bit more opportunistic mm-hmm. uh, and see what sort of comes our way right let's now focus a bit more on this entrepreneurial aspect to both of your journeys because um, I understand that you guys started with a family business and then you guys branched out into this entrepreneurship so okay so um, I better clarify right here for our listeners Rohit and Abhinash are actually first cousins so when we talk about the family business from here forth it is actually the same one both of both of them come from the same family business coming back to the shift from a family business with a long legacy over to entrepreneurship 
that must have been one really big change. So what were some of the most significant differences you must have seen or felt when you sort of made the leap per se, you mean from this legacy situation into coming up by yourself? Rohit, do you want to take this one? Okay, maybe I'll start by explaining we actually both fourth generation members mm. of a family business. Uh, and we both joined the family business at, di- at different times. Uh, mm-hmm. But fortunately, it's four generations of entre- entrepreneurship. Uh, was, we started off with a textile shop in Indonesia, and mm-hmm. now we're the largest noodle producers in Africa. So we manufacture noodles in Africa, in Nigeria, Egypt, South Africa. So on, on that sense, we are a family of entrepreneurship. We're used to pivoting. We're used mm-hmm. to being nimble uh, and taking chances and taking risks. Um, so there, it wasn't too much of a challenge to explain that we wanted to go down this path. Mm-hmm. Um, they completely got it, and they, and they see this as a way forward. They see plant-based as the progression and trend going forward, and healthy and health and wellness the progression and trend going forward as well. Uh, and also, fortunately, it falls into the same sort of gamut of uh, manufacturing food and beverage, right? Mm-hmm. So that learning which we could already take from there on brand building and food and beverage wasn't too far, too far fetched. It wasn't like we're starting a, I don't know, starting a bank. <laughs> or something, you know. So it's a, uh, it's something that we have expertise on that we can tap onto already. Mm-hmm. The new stuff is probably that you know we're more experienced in emerging markets, not so much in developed markets. Uh, mm. That's probably where the new thing has to come in. And with health and wellness, we're not looking at the bottom of the pyramid at the moment. We're looking at the top of the pyramid because at the moment it's still a, a costly thing to to eat well, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, and to be healthy, right? So that's. That's where I say the gap was where for us to be filled, understanding this new demographic mm-hmm. and the plant-based based world. Avinash, uh, do you want to add anything to that? I was just gonna, I was gonna agree totally with Rohit. I think one of the lines that uh, we, use, we use often in, in the family business is that we have, uh, it's been a history through geography. Mm-hmm. So the family business itself has, has not just pivoted in terms of industries that they've been present in, but also in geographies. Uh, I myself have lived in seven different countries, and I don't think oh, this will wow. be the last either. And so, and so, it's been a it's been an interesting challenge. It's definitely in a in a very different, very more, much more modern kind of industry. This one, you know, doing health and wellness foods. It's more of a premium product than what we're uh, accustomed to doing as well. So, you know, because I could hear from both of you guys, what were some of the main specific sort of things that you guys had to look into when you were making this change out of a legacy business into an entrepreneurship sort of role? Rohit, I think we'll start with you. You know, we're used to moving on to new geographies and new products through our own endeavors as a family business. Mm-hmm. And this time, we really wanted to be given a lifeline as a startup, uh, allowing us to take on other investors, right? Like Big Idea Ventures, who mm-hmm. will give us the whole plant-based health and wellness angle that we don't have yet. Uh, so that was something new that we had to uh, walk through the journey together with the family, mm-hmm. explain to them that it's, it's different well, they're more used to just putting up their own capital expenditure and setting up a plan and, and mm. moving forward in that sense. Uh, not so much in the raising capital game and, mm-hmm. and being on investors and how startups are nowadays. Uh, so that, that would sort of be the first, uh, you know, sit, sit down conversation that we had with them to say that uh, we, need, we need our own lifeline and uh, this needs a life of its own, this startup. Mm. <laughs> it must have been an interesting conversation. Interesting conversation, but fully understanding. Again, before generation mm. economic business, our yes, grandfather yes. still comes to work every day. So there are people that get it more than the others, you know. Mm. 
Hmm. Avinash, what about you? What are your thoughts on this? I, I think this the sense of individuality and, and the sense that you have to go out and uh, uh, on the ground and, and do everything yourself as well. It's, it's all about mm-hmm. lis- listening to the customer, whatever it is you're building. It, you know, mm-hmm. the customer comes first. Um, and when you're when you're running a startup, it's it's best that you speak to the customer your, almost yourself and get the direct feedback from them. So whereas in a family business, especially one that's established, the approach that you might take is kind of top down. In, in this case, it's very bottom up. It's very and when I say bottom, I mean uh, you're on the ground with the customer, understand mm-hmm. what the customer needs, uh, and build something from there. Yeah. Um, as opposed to as opposed to you know looking at the market and identifying gaps and. And taking on that challenge. Adding on to that is basically marrying the two things, right? Marrying uh, the learning from a corporate family business and how mm-hmm. they do things, you know, commissioning research and how they approach entering new markets, while still maintaining the nimbleness of a startup, as we said, speaking to consumers daily and stuff like that. So marrying those two things was a delicate balance that we had to learn to do. Mm. That we were more used to. Uh, learning through the corporate way and learning through mentors and stuff like that. And now we're actually learning by doing a lot more. Great perspective. Thank you, guys. So what are your main motivations, you know, in continuing to do this? Okay, Avinash, let's go with you first this time. I, th- I mean, the motivation to start any any business really should come from a deep desire to, to solve a problem. And um, when we first started this company, we did it because... You know, we were trialing different diets. We went through, you know, intermittent fasting, keto, paleo, um, veganism as well. And the common denominator across all, in, in that sense, was whenever we included plant-based ingredients, more and more plant-based ingredients into our into our diet, we felt more energy, more focus, better gut. And it's it's this deep desire to wanna to wanna share with other people to make them understand what it is we're going through. I think it's it's they deserve to know. They deserve to. Uh, to feel the benefits that we did and the benefits that we experienced. And, you know, that until today remains to be our primary motivation uh, in the face of, of challenges and, uh, and hurdles that we, that we come across in this journey. Show people that, that plant-based is really the way to go. Show people that involving more plant-based ingredients into your diet will, will ultimately allow you to live at your best. Adding on to that as well, like when our family started with the instant noodles thing in the 80s and 90s, they were, they were solving a problem. They were solving a bottom of their favorite problem of hunger. How do we solve hunger, right? So that was the question that they solved. Uh, and we wanted to bring a different dynamic to it when we came along. It was more aligned with our passion. And our passion was nutrition and wellness. And, you know, how we talked about the problem that we wanted to solve was how can we help people live healthier and happier for longer was mm-hmm. essentially... And that's more of the top of the pyramid issue we're solving now. So maybe one day we'll both uh, marry their learnings and our learnings. And hopefully we can make health and wellness, you know, super, super cheap and, mm. and abundantly available. And maybe have highly, highly nutritious instant noodles that sell for 10 cents, 20 cents to, to the African market, right? So That sounds good. Super, super cheap health and wellness and good nutrition. Sounds very, very appealing to me. I will say that. <laughs> And tasty. It has to always be tasty. Ah, yes, of course, definitely. You're going on appeal to the method. It has to be tasty. That is true. So now, looking back at your journey so far, um, is there anything that you know you guys wish you might have known when you had started out in the beginning? Anything you think you might have changed if you had known these? Maybe Avinash, we'll start with you this time again. In the beginning of this journey, I believed and I thought that I could and had to do everything all at once. 
-hmm. you know we had to we had to build the product build the packaging do the marketing do the education um just do everything at once and when you try and do all those things at once it, it really gets to you and mm -hmm. uh, you come to a point where you're in a state of analysis paralysis uh, and you actually don't move forward. So I think my piece of advice would be make sure you find a good team. Make sure you, you hire the right people. Make sure you find the right uh, co-founder. In my case, I did, luckily. It wasn't too far away. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think, and, and, speak, and speak to different people and get their advice on, on what you should do. I mean, don't try and do everything at once. I was, I was trying to build a product and do the packaging. Um, so find the right people that, that know those domains and are experts in those domains and the work that you can get done uh, will be much, much more efficient and you can get off, get off the ground much quicker. Interesting. Great. Rohit, if you have any input on this as well? Yeah, I think that the, the team thing is definitely a super important thing, right? And so it's important to surround yourself by, by people who are, who are smart, motivated, doers, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and can take you on with them. And it's taken us a while to find to find the perfect blend of team. We are fortunate enough to have good advisors uh, within the family and beyond, right? Through their connections and through their network. Um, I guess one more round of asking for advice from you guys that I think something quite unique to both of you is what about any advice for those who are also, you know, perhaps in your own self-shoes in a more specific way, what people who are perhaps tied to family businesses under very strong legacy, you know, but they still want to make a change in their career paths and their lives. Do you have any advice for people, you know, who are in this sort of situation? I think it makes your case a lot easier when you, when you find a, a business idea or a solution that is somewhat synergistic with what the business already does. Mm. Um, I think many family businesses are taking a, an entrepreneurship approach now to, to building new businesses as well, where they get members of the family or, or even, even beyond that, even employees of the business to come up with business ideas um, for them to venture off into. I think it's, I think innovation is, is key to, and, and, ev and every business realizes that today. And, you know, by lagging behind these days, you're, you likelihood of surviving is much less than it was say, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Mm, um, so I think, course. yeah, try and marry your, your passion, with something that you find uh, that you feel is a bit synergistic with what your business already does, I mean, it makes the case for for your family uh, a lot easier, for your business a lot easier. What is next for you guys and for Level Life? So, what where do you see yourself and the company in the next one year and five years down the line? What are the new new plans? Um, you know, in the, at the very start of this this journey, we we were envisioning many different product ideas. We, um, for example, we had you know superfood shots we had superfood uh, espresso capsules mm. and and so there are a lot of different ways that we can integrate superfood ingredients plant-based ingredients into into a person's life so we'll continue to on that path to to find new ways of how can we create a seamless approach to to involving more um, plant-based ingredients into your diet into, into customers diets thank you so much for joining me today guys it was very nice talking to both of you it was great being here. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone as well for listening to this podcast. And I do wish everyone a great day ahead. For Food Navigator Asia, this is Pearly signing off.